podcast is part of the Sports Social Podcast Network. LFC Day Trippers, brought to you by bookmakers.com. Good evening and welcome to the LFC Day Trippers. It's Thursday night, which means it is the viewer's voice. Uh, Our show tonight is brought to you, of course, by bookmakers.com. If you choose to gamble on sports, oh, we got a little Bruno action there from Jonathan. I like it. (laughs) That's exactly what I was doing. (laughs) Shout out to the great show last night. Uh, Thanks for the folks that called in also on that first try. And it sounds like everybody appreciated it. So I think Gab might be uh, persuaded to do that again. But yeah, if, you, uh, if you're into the gambling and you want to get the best odds on whatever sport you're gambling on, head on over to bookmakers.com and also make sure to uh, check out Gab doing his weekly show on there. Uh, I gave it a bit of a listen there the other day at work and he's, uh, he's the boss man even over on somebody else's channel as well too, so that's good to see. But uh, it's, it's interesting to get some other fans' takes on things. So uh, joined tonight by uh, Owen, Jonathan, and Ron. Owen, how are you doing? Good. How are you, Matt? Yeah, that's. I can't complain. It's a pretty fun little game that was on here uh, that just finished up. The four-two city coming back to beat Spurs. So, yeah. classic Spurs, isn't it? Yep, very much Spurs doing Spurs things. And uh, Jonathan, you, uh, I have to say, we were all too optimistic last week on the show. You said we'd lose, but uh, we didn't lose your way. Yeah. We lost even worse. Yeah, the old. Uh pessimism streak came through and was correct <laughs> so um, we'll see what the prediction is at the end of tonight if we do one again um ah, of course why not predictions are free right exactly yeah and ron how are things with you pretty good pretty good uh now that i've had a chance to get uh what happened last week out of my head so pretty good yeah I mean, I guess you guys don't really get a chance, and I haven't had a chance to say it either. What uh, go around the table? What'd you guys think of the Wolves game, Owen? Um, yeah, I, you know, it was it was good to get to win, you know, and stop the rush. Um, performance was I thought was quite good. Um, the uh, it, it what I kind of got what I get out of it the most is that I think hopefully it'll give Klopp um, a decision to make regarding. You know, does he change up the like? Does he stop picking players who aren't performing and give these guys a go? You know, maybe not this weekend, but probably in the future games. Um, so hopefully, you know, it gives him a selection headache. You know, the performance of some of the players that went in there. Yeah, no doubt, Jonathan. You uh, you see the green shoots of recovery from that Wolves game. Well, yeah, I've been calling out for us to grind out a win and keep a clean sheet for a few weeks now. So that's exactly what we did. So. Yeah. Can't have too many complaints in that. I'd like to see a bit more of that between now and the end of the season. I don't think we're going to be able to play flamboyant attack and high-energy football. 
So I just want us to be more compact, make ourselves hard to beat. So from that point of view, definitely, yeah, very happy with it. And of course, there was um, standout performances from certain individuals as well, which now gives Klopp a decision by the Saturday. As Owen said, I don't think he's going to make, I think he's going to revert to type on Saturday, unfortunately. Well, there's your there's your pessimistic streak coming back through. <laughs> and uh, Ron, you, uh, you you like what you saw from the kids against Wolves? I did. I, I, the most the thing I liked the most about the entire performance is it looked like uh, finally for seems like for I don't know how long we actually had as much if not more energy than the team we were playing against. So yeah, that 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 just stood stood out to me so much. Uh, so I was really happy to see that. Yeah, legs, effort, and drive—all uh, those things work good. I, I'll stick with you on uh, with you on this one, Ron. Uh, how do you think we're going to use the kids going forward? You know, like there was that was a pretty young team for us. You know, we've got you know typically over the last year or so we've had one of the older starting 11s in the Premier League, and that one uh, we put out against Wolves with Fabio and Harvey and Bacetic in there. That's a pretty young team we put out. Uh, I mean, how do you think Klopp will use them, and how would you use the kids going forward? Uh, it's tough. I, I, I want to say use them a lot more than I, than, than I think uh, Klopp is likely going to, but if, if, if anything, I thought so far, um, uh, and budget his, his performances, he looks like a guy, a young guy who can at least at the very, at the very least do a job in midfield might not be, I, I think, I think he showed enough where it's worth finding is we should find it's worth investing to find out what his level is. Can he really hang um, week in, week out in a Premier League midfield? I think it looks like so far there's nothing to say that he can't. Um, Obviously, Klopp will know better than us. But I think um, at this point, I'm not saying start him, but, you know, if if we need minutes, we need a legs, we need a change of pace. We need some some energy in our midfield um, in a particular game scenario. He's worth he's worth a shout. Yeah, I mean, he didn't look fantastic up against Man City's midfield in the League Cup, but, you know, there's there's a fair number of seasoned <laughs> professionals that would have to hold their hands up and cop to that same accusation as well, too. Like, uh, he was really nipping into the tackles quite well. Uh, what would you think about Fabio Carvalho? I think... I think, for me, I, I think the talent is there. I, I, do, I do feel like he's a, bit, he's a bit light. I think against better, against better defenders... And even average defenders, it's it's just his speed of thought is there, his ability, his technical ability is there, but I think his the physicality is just a little too far off for him to be um, a regular. But in terms of getting minutes, sure, I I, I think I'm, I'm not quite sure exactly what it provides. I know it, I know it I know what he does he does provide a bit of uh, how do you say just a little bit of almost not chaos because it's not in the sense of like what Nunez does, but it's chaos in the sense of, you know, you don't quite know exactly what he's going to do out there on the wing yet. But I mean, it's, it's a very, it's a very good start. I mean, I wouldn't, I don't slight the guy at all. I think he's perfect for where he's at, but in terms of rely being able to rely on him regularly, I, I think he's not, not quite there yet. Yeah. What about you, Owen? How would you, uh, if you were in charge of the team, how would you employ these kids? You know, if we just presume that we're not going to get any other bodies through the door in the January transfer window to get us to the end of the season, how would you like to see these kids used? Um, I guess, I guess, like I suppose most fans, uh, Doak is kind of a 
he's a real exciting kind of prospect. Um, I don't see him, you know, getting any starts or anything between now and the end of the season. Like he could possibly start in the next round of the cup, depending on how serious Klopp takes it against Brighton. Um, but he's definitely a guy who you could maybe put in for 10 or 15 minutes at the end um, of a match, a tight match to try and maybe make something happen. Um, you know, he's he, he looks kind of a fearless kind of player. Plenty of skill, pace, directness. He's good on the ball. Um, you know, I don't I, I don't really know what Klopp's plans are for him. He's kind of, we've seen him a bit, uh, we've seen him play a bit lately. Um, he's shown kind of glimpses of what he's about. Um, yeah, I don't know. I, I, I think maybe a couple of sub appearances between now and the end of the season, I think Klopp's going to be kind of patient with him and, you know, he's not going to throw him in in the deep end straight away, especially in Salah's position as well. Um, uh, Bacetic, um, you know, I think possibly the same. I don't see him starting too many games between now and the end of the season either. Um, he looked very impressive against Wolves. Um, I think what he gave us was exactly what we needed at this time of the season where uh, going from the last few results as well. He, he basically just sat in the middle of the field and gave us protection. He protected the back four and he kind of, he allowed Thiago then and Keita then to do kind of get forward and kind of do most of the running around him and all that. But he just did everything so simply and just gave us that protection that we've been missing all season, basically. Um, yeah, the signs are good for him, I think. Um, I know, look, there's a small kind of um, kind of sa- uh, sample there from him. I know he's played very little minutes, um, especially in the Premier League. I think he's got like a half an hour or something like that so far. Um, but look, he he looked very confident on the ball. He was progressing to play forward. And if he couldn't get it forward, he kept it simple and went sideways or backwards. Um, he wasn't afraid to tackle. Um, you know, he broke up a lot of their play. He 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 was up against uh, Moutinho and um, what's the other Portuguese guy midfield? Neves. Uh, Ruben Neves. Yeah. So you know, it's two two very good, experienced players. He was up against, and he he did a really good job against in, in that area. Um. So yeah, look, I don't know between the both of them. I'd say it'd be limited minutes between them in my opinion anyway i couldn't i i see kind of calls for batch to go straight in on saturday but i don't see that happening um at all i can see fabinho going back in there with tiago and keita but um yeah uh as for carvalho i think more the same um i think look like what he gave us most i think the other uh against wolves was he pressed pretty well um you know he had the energy and the legs to be able to do that and he was kind of he was able to cut out any kind of the passing lanes from the back for wolves as well by getting into good positions there he, you know he's young he had the energy he had the legs something we've been kind of lacking as well in that area of the pitch you know teams have found it very easily to pass out from the back um against us lately so um overall i think as as i said already on all three i think it could be very limited minutes again we'll probably see the three of them again and against brighton possibly that's probably the next time we'll see all three of them yeah probably won't see them all playing you know at the same time together because that's that's asking for a lot out of the kids but that's a really good point on carvalho in terms of his pressing because like it's 
to know the triggers and to know where you got to be and where you got to stand. It shows a pretty good footballing brain on him for a young man to be able to pick that up pretty quickly because that has been such a problem with our, you know, senior veteran players of just leaving these massive gaps open in there. Uh, now, Jonathan, it comes to you. And I mean, there's one kid that somebody in the chat said he doesn't really count because he's featured in every one of our games. But I mean, Harvey Elliott is still a kid. And I, I thought he was excellent against Wolves. I thought that was one of his better games he's played for us. Yeah, he was probably playing the position that suited him more so. I know he came in the last 15, 20 minutes, he dropped back into midfield. But for most of the game, he's playing as a wide forward. Um, to me, he's not a midfielder. Uh, he, that's did not you his like- fault. He did you like him in the second half when he moved to left center mid? Because I thought he looked good over there with Joe. He did okay, but for me, long term, I'm, well, I'm not even worried about long term, more me or short term, medium term. He's not a midfielder. He just doesn't have the attributes for it or the defensive uh, mindsets playing midfield. I much prefer him as a wide forward. Um, kind of at least release him from a certain amount of defensive duties. I'm just looking at uh, Jono's comment there and those comments really worry me. Um, play Batichic, what have we got to lose? I remember years ago when, when we were really poor, and I, I remember saying these things, oh, play the young fellas, what have we got to lose? And I remember Man United fans the last few years meeting them saying, play the young fellas, what have we got to lose? It's a sure sign that the team is not going well. When people start saying, play the young fellas, we've nothing to lose. We've lots to lose. We're uh, fighting for top four football. We've, we've got a lot. Um, I just wouldn't invest too much in the young lads at the minute. Yes, Bashish did, did well the other night, but he was gone on 65, 70 minutes. He had um, cramp. And I had a little bit of a debate with Gav on Twitter the other day, and Gav says, look, he'll be fine. He'll be three or four days rest, he'll be okay. It's not about the rest. It's um, at that age, the ability to play consistency at a high level is uh, rare in a young player. So my worry would be that Bashish will find it very hard to get back up to that level again in a short space of time. Nothing to do with fatigue, just in terms of mentally, can he do it again? Can he go and play 70, 80 minutes at a high level again? I'd worry about that. I I don't want the young fellas to get burnt in this season. We're struggling, yes, and some of our senior players are struggling, but it's unfair on young players to be thrown in and then be expected to carry the team. I think there's cup games there. The FA Cup is still there. And there will be times where maybe we can play one. And as Owen alluded to, I'd like to see Ben Doe come off the bench and get 15, 20 minutes cameos. But don't invest too much in these young lads. Don't expect them to carry the team. I would play Batchet Saturday. I have have a controversial, well, controversial midfield. I play Kate and Thiago in a pivot, double pivot. And I play Jones ahead of them. I would then play... Elliot, White, right, Nunes, or Elliot, Elliot, Nunes, and Salah. So, yeah, I wouldn't play Batisic. I just don't think he'd be able to go again and play to a high level. That's not a reflection on him as a player, but short term, I don't think he'd be able to. No, he could prove me wrong and he could start Saturday and he could have a blinder. <clears throat> I'm delighted with that, but I'd just be worried we're putting too much emphasis on young lads and too much pressure on them. Yeah, especially especially in the middle of the park. Like, it's one thing to throw on a player like Ben Doak, you know, that's playing a winger. Like, you see Garnacho doing for United or, mm. you know, uh, even uh, what's his, Nico Lewis, Rico Lewis that played Rico for Lewis, City. Yeah. You know, it's yeah. to put a player in the middle of the park. And I was kind of thinking, like, you know, which teams have a real young player 
kind of anchoring their midfield. And I was thinking like, well, Onana for Everton is one I can think of. Lavia, Lavia with Southampton. Yeah, Caicedo. I mean, that goes to show how good Caicedo is. Oh, but yeah. you look at where Southampton and Everton are in the table, and that might be kind of indicative that they've got an 18, 19, you know, 20-year-old kid sitting at the base of their midfield. Like, there's so much that comes from experience of knowing what you're doing in there. Whereas you can just put a kid like Ben Doak on and go, listen, you're playing right wing. You're fast as all hell. Get up and down there. Mm-hmm. Uh, but I like that you brought up the notion of switching to a 4 2 3 1 because it transitions me lovely into my next topic. And we'll just keep going back around to you again, Ron. It's the Cody Gakpo conundrum. Now, I know it's it's early doors. I don't think any reasonable Liverpool fan is making any definitive proclamations about, you know, whether or not he's going to be a success at the team. But we've seen him out on the left. Now we've seen him for a couple games down through the middle. And he hasn't really pulled up any trees. Like, does Gakpo coming into the team and having guys like Fabio Carvalho and Harvey Elliott and a forward like Darwin Nunez are we going to see a transition to a different formation or do you see him being able to fit into the four, three, three Liverpool that we are accustomed to thinking of from the last five years? I think, I mean, the short answer is I do think I'd, I do think he can fit in the four, three, three, but um, I just don't think he fits in the four, three, three at the top of the pecking order. I um, mean, obviously you'd want Darwin Nunez or Mo Salah um, at the, at the, at the, in the middle of the three. But I think if, if Gakpo is going to be there, that the middle is probably his best, his best shot. Cause he's what we need on the, what we need on the outside of that front three is pace. Um, I don't think he has enough of that. Not saying he's not good enough in terms of in technical ability wise, but pace wise, I just don't think he has it. Um, does that mean we necessitate a full, a, a new formation? Possibly. I think, I think my biggest worry with Gakpo is not him per se at this point. I think it's just will we be playing him to his strengths? Because we have a we have a tendency to not play people <laughs> where they're strongest sometimes um, to make do with 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 necessities um, from injury and other lineup problems. So that that would be my biggest concern with them. Do I think we should switch to the four two three one? Um, I, I would have to agree with, with Owen. I think having uh, Tiago um, Tiago sitting at, sitting in a double pivot is probably is probably something we should explore in the near term uh, until we've until we've got a better idea of just what we're going to do in, ter- in terms of a future move for the midfield. Because unless we're bringing somebody in to to give us the legs, we've got to figure out a, the best way to keep. Um, our midfields, our midfield, sort of solid, and and keep them pushed back uh, as much as we can. So, yeah, and uh, I mean, Owen, obviously, when we're fully fit and we've got a full complement of players, this might not be too much of an issue because he'll probably be fifth, sixth pecking order. But you know, until we get those bodies back, and we're going to touch on that later, he's going to get minutes and he's going to play. Like. You got thoughts on where we're going to use them? Because again, like it's starting to add up. We're starting to have a number of players that just, for me at least, don't jive in. Like I love Harvey Elliott. I think Harvey Elliott's going to have a great career with Liverpool. But I also kind of agree with Jonathan that it's kind of hard to see him right now as that right-sided eight in our 4-3-3. Now, it's possible that Klopp molds him into that, you know, does a Ginny Wijnaldum and takes a player and 
switches his positions a little bit. The same could be said for Gakpo. I mean, Aaron Telvari here says Gakpo needs to drop to midfielder. He's not a starter in the front three. Um, Getting some head no. shakes there. No, we're not I, like I, that. Another stolen midfielder. No thanks. He's got yeah, height though. I, I mean, that ticks Gav's box. You know, he's six four, so he's tall. Yeah, we're playing yeah. basketball. Six four <laughs> short for basketball. Is it? Yes. Yeah. <laughs> There's my knowledge of basketball. <laughs> um, no, I I don't I don't agree with that comment about dropping him to midfield. Um, yeah, I just don't. I think that could actually make us worse in there, <laughs> if if that's even possible. Um, I don't think but, it is. No, but um, look, I don't know. I don't. I don't think he has the defensive capabilities to play in there for what we need at the moment, uh, or the legs um, for what we need. Um, if we stick to a four-three-three, as you said, Matt, he's definitely going to get minutes. He's probably more most likely to play on the left side of the front three. Um, I think that's kind of a more natural position for him. I think. Uh, in the front line from from what I've seen or what I've I read about him um, from his time with PSV and even with Holland. I know he kind of played through the middle of Holland in the World Cup and he was kind of, he was impressive in the World Cup. You know, everyone kind of stood up and took notice of him uh, from his performances in the group stage, especially in the World Cup. Um, going forward, look, as Ron was saying, as, as we were all saying, um, it looks like we might be evolving towards a 4-2-3-1 with the signing at Gapco. Um, in my eyes, I think he may long-term be a Firmino replacement. Um, I was kind of, I looked at a kind of a, um, a, a an article that was wrote about him from his time in the, it, with PSV. His pressing stats weren't very good, but we all know what Klopp can do with, with to a player to get him to press and work hard. So, um, I think he may potentially play in a 10 behind Darwin Nunes um, in a 4-2, kind of 3-1 uh, going forward. Look, we, we It's impossible to predict what Klopp is going to do with the team. He could very well stick to 4-3-3 next season. If we do sign two two kind of number eight midfielders, or you know, he might just stick with it and go play Luis Diaz, Salah and Darwin Nunes as a front three. So um, in, my, in my mind, I'm thinking that he's kind of a number 10 kind of player. Um, sits in behind the front man and kind of if Klopp can kind of get him to 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 press better and work harder he could be that kind of Firmino kind of replacement for me yeah I mean that's that's an idea because if we're going to continue playing the way that we've played Bobby Firmino is so central to that like the role of Firmino's played outside of scoring goals and setting up goals just in leading the press and being that being the brain basically on the pitch at the very top end uh, defending from the front that's it's something that I don't think we've replaced yet you know we've replaced bodies wise in terms of getting newer forwards in and younger forwards in but just nobody yet really seems to have that I mean, maybe Diogo Jota a little bit but yeah who knows if his I think a lot of people are forgetting about about the about Jota at the moment he's kind of gone out of everyone's minds I'd say because you know he's he's not his, his availability is uh is not great and you know I, I think with deciding the gap goal and Darwin coming in, he's kind of a forgotten man at the moment. He's going to be like Luis Diaz to come back as well. Back. Yeah, yeah. And now, uh, what about you, Jonathan? I know you. I think you're a big fan of going to three at the back. No, wait, that's me. Uh... <laughs> I wouldn't be. I still wouldn't be against it for certain games. Um, 
in, in our current plight. Uh, Gakpo, like when the announcement that we signed him, it didn't excite me when, it, when I heard his name saying we signed him. And what I've seen so far hasn't excited me either. Now, look, that's not a, that's not fair on him either. He's only three games in. He's come into a, a kind of a bit of a broken team and he hasn't really played with the same players more than once yet. Like just looking at my phone there, I was checking um, PSV's last one, a couple of their last fixtures before the breakup for the World Cup, and he played. They played Ajax actually one two one, and he played left in a four two three one. So um, maybe that's his best position. Uh, or in the ten, possibly do we play a ten? See, everyone keeps going on about the four two three one, and it was all the rage in the summer. Everyone was saying. Oh, Klopp's definitely changed to a 4-2-3-1. But he still hasn't. He's how many years he here now and he hasn't gone to a 4-2-3-1. Is he, ever, is he going to go to a 4-2-3-1? It looks like the personnel we have would more suit that. But he still hasn't gone for it. So I don't know if he's ever going to go for that formation. Gakpo, look, Kev is, is right saying he's probably going to be fifth or sixth choice forward. Um, and give us depth right now. I'm not seeing anything to excite me, but as I said, that's fairly unfair because it's three games in. Um, what does worry me again, he's another player who doesn't have pace. A real slow team at the minute. They really lack pace. If you look across the, the squad, we've only got three or four players with genuine pace. You're probably looking at Diaz, Nunes. Mo. Mo, yeah. Can't Dope. think of too many more. With genuine pace. So he's another one, another player in the mould of Elliot and Carvalho that are an attacking player without genuine pace. And that does worry me. But um, where he's future lies in the team, I don't know. Um, there was, I did listen to a podcast before he signed and it was a Dutch correspondent on it and they said his pressing and defensive work wasn't great as Owen alluded to also. So That'll have to be worked on. Right now, look, he needs to start contributing fairly quickly because we're short, we're low enough on forwards and he needs to hit the ground running. Where he ends up playing, I really, really don't know. Is he going to be molded into a false nine? Is he going to be a 10 in a 4-2-3-1 if we change that formation? Or is he going to be a left in a 4-3-3 as a backup to Diaz? We'll probably see more in the next few games like it's a very small sample size, and I didn't see a whole pile of the Dutch in the World Cup either. So I'm not going to be here banging the drum saying he had an impressive World Cup. I didn't see much of them. I thought he was good. I, I watched all the Dutch games. I thought he was one of their standout players in the World yeah. Cup. He looked good. I actually don't think I saw any Dutch game. No, I didn't. you didn't. You didn't miss much. I the free yeah. kick. I mean, you you missed out watching the watch along of uh, Emmett, Kevin, Chris absolutely losing their minds when Virgil yeah. went over and flattened Paredes. That was maybe the highlight of the tournament. It was at a wedding that day in a venue with no television, so totally yeah. snookers. But yeah, Jackpot. <clears throat> we'd have to see more. Look, I'm not going to write the chap off at all, but right now he's not exciting me, and I don't know where he's going to play. Is it, is it possible, like, given how ridiculously inflated transfer values are, like 37 million rising to 42 or 44 or something like that, like in two, three years, if he's still, you know, fourth choice forward or, you know, flitting in and out of the three and a four, two, three, one, like that could be seen as pretty good money being spent in terms of just a squad rotation option. 
You know, that's yeah. that's the sort of price point that people are saying we should be looking at midfielders in that price point range. Yeah, so. but um, and unless he's totally at an absolute total flop, I'd say he'll hold his value as well. So in three to four years' time, you'll probably get back. Greco uh, doesn't have pace, but he's explosive. Uh, I haven't seen that explosiveness yet. He's hiding I, it well. The name Gronewald sounds kind of Dutch, so it might just be uh, defending one of his own. So yeah. I, can, I can understand yeah. that. I can I can agree to a degree from what I've seen in the World Cup with Byron's comment there about his movement. Um, I did I saw the, the three um, group games for the Netherlands, and well, he didn't do so much against uh, Argentina, but um, in those three group games, his movement was very very clever. It was quite good. He was drifting from left to the inside and back out, and the, the space and positions he picked up for his three goals were, you know, the signs were there that he can, that there's a good player there, you know, from, from those. I know it's only three games and maybe the opposition wasn't the best, but, um, you know, I think, you know, he's he, he probably gives, he's probably his main strength to us at the moment or going forward is, is his versatility. He, play, he could probably play in a number of roles across that front three or um, even if, as we look, we said already, will we play a number ten? He could probably do a good, good job there as well. So look, remains to be seen. We've only, as like even as, like we were saying with the kids, it's only a small sample size we've seen of him. Unless somebody follows the Dutch football, who can tell us more about him? You know, we we don't really ha have much. Well, personally, I don't really have much of a an idea about him as such. I haven't seen much of him apart from those World Cup games. So. No, and um, players coming out of the Dutch league haven't done well in Europe the last few years. There hasn't been too many um, ticks, successful Dutch Eredivisie players the last few years. Even that great Ajax team, well, we call it a great team. It got to a Champions League semi-final. Not too many of them have done well since they've left either. Yeah. There's, look, but look, it's three games in, so it's... yeah. Well, like I said, yeah, it was we're we're definitely not passing judgment on yeah. him here. You know, it's this this isn't a rival fan podcast where you're lambasting and you know putting up YouTube compilations of misses in preseason games or anything silly like that. Yeah. It's just well, it, he, go he's, ahead, he's a guy. Sorry, sorry, he's a guy we've obviously tracked for a while. This, but he made him very in January because you know like we moved earlier than probably we probably were only going to buy him in the summer well with it with the injuries in the forward line we probably were forced our hand was kind of forced a little bit as well there but um you know the price tag is very very good as you were saying um for a guy who did perform well in the world cup usually that inflates a player's price it, you know it could double a player's value when they're not worth anything close to it but um you know it looks like it looks like it could be a good deal for us i think um going forward hopefully anyway yeah and in, yeah, in terms of where to fit him in, I'm going to bring this right around to my final topic. And this one, I'm kind of excited to talk about it because haven't really thought about a couple of these guys. So Ron, we've got a few big name players for us, you know, first teamers that have been out for a long time, out for a few more weeks in a couple of their cases. Talking Virgil van Dyke, Bobby Firmino, Luis Diaz, Diogo Jota, Arthur Mello. Who, uh... <laughs> that was a I'm joke. I'm sorry, Arthur who? Yeah, yeah, that was a joke. After Christmas. Uh, who, uh, who excites you the most out of those guys when you think about them coming back into the team? Like, who do you think is going to have the biggest impact on us in the second half of this season? Uh, I'm a huge Bobby fan, but for me, I think 
the, the guy who surprised me, who I'm excited the most to have back is Diaz. I think even though, you know, his goal contribution wasn't that high, I just think the way he was able to stress the pitch uh, and keep – Keep the keep the keep the keep the opposition pinned in their half just with the tenacity and the bite that he brings up front. Um, I think I think he's gonna be a bit, it's gonna be huge to have him back. I think we just it'll 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 it's been I know we haven't had him for so long that it you know you kind of don't have a reference point of, to what we're actually missing. But oh man, it's gonna be huge having him back. Yeah, that electric pace. Uh, what about you, on? Um. Yeah, you have to agree with Ron Diaz is the one that, um, you know, just literally can't wait for him to come back. I think the injury during the World Cup was like, you know, it was really, it was actually demoralizing to hear it because, you know, he offers us that pace and directness and, you know, he was starting to get a couple of goals in his game um, before the injury. I just remember that, that game against Napoli away, especially. He was literally the only one who took the fight to Napoli that night. And, you know, I, I just could see him improving and even getting better and better this season with, you know, more games. And, um, you know, just, I know, I, I think, you know, you could say about Virgil with him getting a, you know, a bit of, a bit of a break now with this injury. And, you know, you kind of hope to see him coming back refreshed and maybe getting back to somewhere near how good he was. Um, I think, you know, that's probably a little bit doubtful now, but even if he can get back to 85 and 90% of what he was, he's still a very, very good player at that level. Um, but yeah, I have to agree with Ron Diaz is the one for me as well. I think if, you know, if he didn't get that injury back in December, we, we could be in a different position than where we are. You're going to make it a three of a kind there, Jonathan? You you on board with the Diaz? No, um. I don't think we're going to see the best of Diaz this season when he comes back. I think um, when's he's due back? March, is it? Yeah, I saw I saw a video of him doing some inside training work and stuff like that. But, I mean, who knows what the hell that means. So if Liverpool say March, you're looking at April then. <laughs> Are um, you the most negative man in the world? Yeah. <laughs> so, no, I don't think we're going to see the best of Diaz. I don't think he'll be back in time to get his full fitness and full sharpness up. I'm actually looking forward to seeing Jota back. Um, it's a big three or four months for Jota. He has to stay fit now and prove himself. And he actually played really well in the City game prior to the injury in that game, wasn't it? Yeah. Was that game he got injured in. I thought he was really good that day. Or could have been Arsenal. Yeah, yeah. He brought a lot of energy to the team and his pressing was really good that day and he got through a, a huge amount of work. So I'm actually looking forward to seeing Jota back. And I think it's um, a big three months for Jota. He needs to start proving his fitness now. He needs to stay fifth between now and the end of the season. What's the current injury? Is it a calf injury that he's sustained? Yeah, yeah I think that's what it was, yeah. Is it a hamstring? He had a hamstring in the summer and then his calf after he came back? Because it wasn't yeah. the same. It wasn't a recurrence, no, was it? This injury? I think no, it's a it calf like injury, a yeah. It was against last year. It was... It was an injury time of that game, wasn't it? Yeah, it was an injury time. Yeah, yeah. Because yeah. I remember when I was watching the game, and he, as you were saying, he he worked his socks off in that game. He really put in a, a shift, and with five minutes to go, he was out in his feet. He was dead. Now I can't remember. Did we have any subs left at that stage? We probably didn't. But I was crying at the telly to get him off the pitch because he was uh, like a, a prime candidate to get an injury because his legs were just completely gone. But yet he was still chasing everything down. Mm. 
winning tackles and I was thinking he's going to get injured in the next couple of minutes if they don't get him off and of course he did so and we haven't seen him since unfortunately yeah, so um, yeah, I'm looking forward to Jota coming back. I, I actually like the idea of a Jota Nunes Salah forward line. I think there's a nice little. Um, how do you how do you play him? Who plays in the middle? Jota plays left, Nunes in the middle, and Salah right. Yeah, I like that. Uh, and it's two good options of two good headers of the ball as well in Jota and Nunes, so we can make use of Trent and Robertson's crossing. So yeah, I'm actually looking forward to Jota coming back, and. Hopefully he can hit the ground running. He, um, he's due an old goal. He hasn't scored in over 20 games. I think someone might clarify that for us in the chat. Um, so, yeah, I think Jota back. And um, we need Van Dyke back as well. I think um gives us more options at centre-back. And Matip is struggling. So I'd like to see... Um, I'd like to get a good run of 10, 15 games of Kanate and Van Dyke at the back. I think it would make a huge difference to the team. Make us a lot more solid. So, yeah, looking at uh, Jota and Van Dijk. Obviously, Diaz is the obvious one, but um, sorry to burst your bubble, lads. I don't know if we're going to see much of him this season. <laughs> hopefully He'll be wrong. back for the Champions League final. <laughs> yeah, hopefully I'm wrong. And hopefully he's... Because, obviously, geez, geez, yeah, Diaz, Nunes and Salah, it's as good a front three as anything in the league. So, yeah, but hopefully get Diaz back. Yeah, the one nice thing, like if if we don't see the best out of Diaz or if the team is careful with him coming back, is at least the one thing he brings that like electricity, the pace. We do kind of get some of that with Darwin Nunez. So like Super Dizzle 84 says, I think Jota middle, Nunez, Salah either side. And you still kind of get that same sort of threat out of Luis Diaz. I mean, different types of players, obviously. But like Diogo Jota just offers something very different to our front line. Like I said, you know, kind of the closest to Bobby Firmino that we have where it does, he doesn't seem to be blessed with like, he's not a 99 in any one of the statistical categories, but it seems like his overall score is just that much higher. I think he would appreciate that with him being a big FIFA guy, but I just want to point out how mental it is that we are all here as Liverpool fans and nobody's saying unanimously that it's Virgil van Dyke that has to come back. And I, to, to me, that just goes to the drop-off that there's been in his form this year. That yeah, It's a reflection of his season so far. Yeah, like yeah. we don't have a calendar crossing off the days until Virgil comes back into the team. Like it's just, it's absolutely mental. And it's something that in the Telegram going back and forth with a few people today of like, the team can't plan for the drop-off that we've seen in Fabinho and Henderson. We were talking specifically about midfield, but also in Van Dyke, like going from being unquestionably the number one premier center half in the entirety of world football to being 80% of that, 75% of that. Yeah. Like it's, it's really it's really throwing a spanner into the works for us. Um, I, there's another name that I didn't even include in this list that I'm just going to throw in my two cents for is I think there's minutes to be played for Curtis Jones. If he can get himself back fit, Definitely. I think it's big. Like you said with Jada, like, you know, starting to develop a bit of a habit of being slightly injury prone. Like he needs, oh. to, he needs to take the bull by the horns because the career is there for him. Like he's club grown, homegrown, scout born, like, it, it's getting to be I don't want to say it's now or never because I think the homegrown club grown part of it for the UEFA requirements yeah. and the Premier League requirements yeah. means that yeah. he'll stay at the team until there's another club grown midfielder to replace him so that might be Tyler Morton in two years you know it might be 
another midfielder that we haven't even heard, you know, Bobby Clark in three years or something like that. But like, it, it seems like we've been crying, like this could have been his season. I really thought he was going to have a good season this year. And he's just been completely missing for us through injuries. Let's have it straight. His injury has to be one of the most worst time things I've seen in a long time. Yeah. I mean, you have a midfield that's crying out for some young legs with some pace, a little bit of guile, good bit of technical ability, and some and to be frank, some pride. And he's he's capable of all of that. And it, it just for him to be injured in this period, it's just that's really yeah. In terms of unfortunate time. timing for me, it's up there with Joe Gomez getting a long-term injury right after Virgil van Dyke. We were like, all yeah. right, Virgil's gone down, but you know, we've still got Joe and he can step up and then Joe goes down too. And it's like, ah, shit, the whole year's right off. Yeah, man. Yeah, there's two two terrible ones. Yeah. You'd hope Jones wouldn't go down the, the road where Gomez has, where his form has just completely disappeared. He's... You know, he's not even a shadow of the player he was. So you'd hope Jones can, you know, can come back from the injury problems he's had. Like, the eye injury was a complete freak of an injury as well. You know, how many times has that happened to anyone? It, like, in their whole life. Well, Bobby Firmino. You know? Well, yeah, that's true as well. So, yeah, we have we've a, a habit of, of uh, players getting eye injuries like that, I suppose. Yeah. But, um, yeah, look, he, he I know I think I seen an um an interview he did there last week or the week before. He himself knows where he what he has to do and what's what what he expects of himself now going forward. He said he has to put all these injuries behind him and start contributing to the team and staying fit. So he he has look looking at that, his attitude is good and you know he wants to be able to be playing at the top level for, for Liverpool and regularly as well, like so helping the team. And obviously Klopp rates him. He, you know, he never sent him out on loan or anything like that. So, yeah, yeah um, I, I, I just, I just don't want him to kind of turn into another kind of a Adam Lallana kind of figure, you know, um, similar kind of player, similar kind of skill and guile. Maybe has a little bit more about him than Lallana did at his time for Liverpool. Hopefully, um, but you know, if he keeps getting injuries like that, that's the kind of road he's going to go down. That's where, that's where, that's the way the fans are going to think of him. I, I'm not going to lie. I would take a uh, Klopp's first season Adam Lalana out of Curtis Jones for this midfield right now, or even the yeah. Adam Lalana that we Adam played Lallana, on yeah, Saturday. Saturday. Yeah. Not Saturday, yeah. 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 I actually yeah, have yeah. a good bit of faith in Jones. I actually, like, none of the injuries have been big injuries, so they shouldn't really impact him physically. Like, he hasn't had any major injury. Like, if you look at Fergie's great United team, he had Phil Neville, Darren Fletcher, G Park Sung. Fellas like, Good squad players, and when they were called upon, could do a job. I've no doubt Jones can fill that role, and he's got a lot more ability than some of those fellas I mentioned. And I'd you'd, you'd, think Jones. He'd have, you'd think he'd have some loyalty too, you know, yeah. like being being Liverpool through and through. Like, yeah, I might be able to go and be a first team, you know, regular at a Crystal Palace or a Fulham, or I can stay on the bench and you know I'm in Liverpool and I'm absolutely adored by this team. So, yeah, yeah I'd I, start I think he's gonna get time. I'd start him Saturday and just try to get an error out of him of high energy, high intensity, and then give him the pull him on 60. I'd have no issue with him playing either in midfield or left side of the attack. Mm -hmm. I, actually, I think Jones is a lot to offer to this squad, even more than the, the obvious homegrown quote. I think he's a lot more than that. So hopefully he can stay fit and start to progress and improve.
and he's six foot too. So that's, that is very helpful for our midfield. Mm-hmm. It's not Small a bad idea. Uh, uh, Ron, you, uh, you got an 11 you want to throw out for what do you think we're going to field against Chelsea? Jonathan gave his, which I think might be the only one on the internet that you might've picked a unique 11 with Jones in a 10. Mm. Yeah, it's <laughs> yeah, not gonna happen. yeah, that would be, that would be, that would be really unique. Um, I'm thinking, uh, Robertson, um, Konate um, with 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 Matip, um, Trent comes back for me. Uh, Tiago Keita, um, and I think it would be Fabinho, but it's probably going to be Henderson. Um, and then you'd have <clears throat> oh, the front three is tough. Well, obviously it's Gakpo and Salo, but the third, I'd have to say Elliot. Hmm. Interesting. Interesting. What about you, On? Um, yeah, something similar. Um, same back four anyway. Allison and goal, not Kelleher like one of the callers said last night <laughs> to bring Kelleher into the team. <laughs> um, hey, look, he's a great goalkeeper and all that, but no, not not Ali's number one and will be for a long time, hopefully. Um, so yeah, Trent Konate, uh, Matip, uh, Bravo left back. I think he'll probably stick to a 4-3-3. Um, uh, I think Fabinho and Henderson last week against Brighton just co- completely destroyed. So I hope the two of those aren't used again. So I would say it'll be Keita, Thiago. Keita's probably earned his place in the team as much as as much as much fans have probably turned on him out this season for you know the injuries again. And he's in the last year of his contract and a lot of people... I'm hoping he's gone in the summer, um, but you know he offers us legs and energy in midfield, so I think we need him in there. Um, Fabinho probably starts in the six with Thiago on the left. Um, is Darwin? Is he back? Is he fit? He should be, I think. I think providing he's fit, I I can see him starting through the middle with Gakpo on the left and Salah on the right. Um, I'm kind of hoping that Keita will kind of kind of we're getting improvement out of Fabinho with Keita beside him he can you know help him out with with energy and you know his legs in midfield Fabinho is kind of some nightmare when he came on that night Fabinho yeah he he didn't do himself any favors the other night even when he came on um but between him and Henderson now at the moment I think I'd rather have Fabinho and or Henderson is seems to be on 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 the the decline big time um I, I I the way Milner played the other night, I'd have Milner ahead of Henderson at this stage. He's at least he's got a bit of a fight in him, and he's got you know aggression and all that kind of thing. And you can rely on him. You know he'd give you a hundred percent. I think I think Henderson's our our last choice midfielder at the moment. Being honest, um, in my in my view, um, I you know I, as Jonathan was saying about Jones, he'd play Jones. I you know I'd have no problem Jones coming off the bench. I'd have no problem him starting either, but I don't think he'd start this game. Um, if there's a choice between, um, as I said, Milner and Henderson, I'd be picking Milner at the moment all day. Um, but yeah, hopefully we can get some sort of improvement out of Fabinho with Kate and Thiago either side of them. Um, and if Nunes is fit, I think he goes back into the team with Gapko on the left and Salah on the right. 
it's wild the state that the team is in that we're hearing things and it's reasonable you're getting agreement saying like i think we need to start milner in a game against chelsea at the start of the season that would have been pitchforks out and you know torches sort of thing yeah uh yeah i needs I must think, needs must <laughs> i i think i think gomez is gonna keep his spot beside canate at center half uh chelsea don't seem to have a huge aerial presence to me and gomez has good recovery pace if we gotta have to worry about anything it's gonna be the speed on the counterattack from chelsea it seems like uh obviously allison robbo and trenton beside them uh i would love to say bachetich plays but i just it seems too much for him uh, so I think Fabinho sits in the middle. Tiago and Keita, I think Henderson is going to miss out. And I think if Darwin is fit to play, I think Darwin plays down the left, Mo through the middle, and Elliot on the right. And I think Klopp gives him the same sort of instruction he gave him against Wolves, where I think at least that our wingers were under instruction to drop back into midfield much further than they normally would. Because there were times where Elliot looked like he was lining up in a midfield where it was like, do we have four midfielders, five midfielders? What's going on here? Same with Carvalho on the left. So Darwin, you can do that because you know he's got the express base that he can come back and try to help out with Robertson and Tiago on the left side of the midfield. And then when he needs to go, he can just put the afterburners on. And then you put Mo through the middle. You know, you hear people say he's our best goal scorer. Get him closer to goal because he's been poor this year. Like, regardless of his return, I mean, it shows just how spoiled we've been with the output from Mohamed Salah, that he's our top scorer. What does he have, 17 and 29 or something like that? And I think pretty much all of us to a man would say, like, no, he's had a pretty poor year. So I think just getting him up in the middle of the park caused a little bit of havoc. The Chelsea center halves, they've been playing good this year, but at some point or another, somebody has to get the run on him. Like, I mean, Thiago Silva is my age. I'm in no shape. Yeah, I mean, he's in better shape than me, but like he ain't quick. So if we can get Mo and Darwin running at Tiago Silver, Koulibaly or whoever they got playing back there, uh, I think we could get some joy out of it. So now the funnest part of the show, let's do some score predictions. Ron, what do you like? And again, if you pick Liverpool to score, you got to tell me your scores. Uh, uh, Liverpool 2-1 to Chelsea. Um, my two scores are Mo Salah and RVLA. Yeah. Owen? Um, I'm going to go for a 2-0 to Liverpool. Yeah, I, I like we'll it. Keep it. I think we'll keep a clean sheet again. We'll, hopefully we'll see some some sort of a bit of fighting us again and, you know, um, get, a, get a reaction to the players from midweek. You know, there might be a couple of guys who come back into the team who might have seen that game and um, think, you know, my place isn't uh, isn't guaranteed here anymore, you know. So I need to up my performances. That's my my optimistic uh, outlook on it. But uh, two nil. Uh, Salah has a good record against Chelsea, so Mo with two. Ooh. And wait, wait, wait! Before you go to Jonathan, let oh. me let me let me let me take a shot before we before I get this <laughs> this dose of this dose of hard reality. Three two. He's gonna go for it. <laughs> I am going to go 2-1 to Liverpool. Whoa! Oh! Yeah, I think there's a big home performance in us. Canate and Nunes. 2-1. We go 2-0 up, and about they'll score on about 70, and we'll be behind the couch for the last 20. But we'll hang on. We've got a timestamp. Yeah. Even though my clock doesn't work, 
as people have alluded to every week I'm on. <laughs> um, uh, yeah, I think we're going to win this week. Um, I think there's a performance in him. I, I expect more of the senior players to come back in. I expect Henderson to play. And I expect a performance from him. Uh, I think you'll see a fired up Henderson, a fired up Fabinho. I think it's fired up Salah. I think the senior players are going to step up and I think we're going to win. I mean, I like it. It's uh, for somebody that predicts a loss on Liverpool podcast. For you to say a win, that's pretty much locked yeah. in. So head well, on over I'm to Liverpool.com. Yeah, find the best payout. <laughs> get your money stumped down on Liverpool to win. It's, uh, it's happening. Are you, are, I think it's going to be bonkers. I think it's going to be four three. I think we're going to win four three. I don't think I'll be able for that. Yeah. It's, Crazier things have happened, but it's I don't think either team's defense is great. So I can see us gifting them, you know, a goal. Hopefully not within the first five minutes to put us on the back foot. But uh I think Mo Darwin Nunez, Trent, and Kanate to score. Just look at Chelsea have only scored 22 goals this season. Well, if anybody can help them with that, it's Liverpool. It's definitely <laughs> us anyway, yeah. We can get up the averages, no problem. Yeah. <laughs> Quickly, quickly, quickly. I like this. Rory Fitzgerald, he agrees with me. We can just leave it there. But yeah, it's I I just get the strangest feeling that this is going to be one of those ding-dong bonkers games. So It's a big weekend because United could easily be beaten on Sunday at Arsenal. Uh, Who are Newcastle playing? Uh, Palace, I believe. Nothing easy there. So half 12 kickoff, we can get three points on the board. It puts pressure on teams above us. Yep. I mean, Spurs dropping points that keeps them kind of within arm's reach. It's we just at this point, we just kind of have to take care of business. Like if we don't take care of our own business, it does not matter what's happening above us and around us in the table. Exactly. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. We got to get on a run. We got to get a decent, you know, there's one thing you can say about Arsenal and it came up in the, oh shit. Who are they playing the game before? United? That Spurs last weekend. Yeah, where it was the team they were playing had made 60-some changes in the Premier League and Arsenal had made 14. Yeah, that could catch Arsenal come March, April. It could, but I mean, they have an 11. They have that core of players. You know, they've swapped out Zinchenko and uh, Tommy Asu at left back and then Gabriel Jesus and Nketiah because of injury. But other than that, that is the exact same. I mean, it's great for fantasy because you know who's playing. You know, it's not like trying to pick Man City players. So it's a, it's amazing what can happen when you when you you know everybody can stay fit. So <laughs> yeah. So Jonathan, yeah. quick question before we get out of here: Are You an NFL guy at all? My NFL knowledge, as Owen might would tell you, is very brief. And very all right. Brief. Well, we can we can skip you on this one because I know yeah. these other two guys followed a little bit. Uh, Jaguars and Chiefs. Who you guys like? Oh, the Chiefs. Yes. Easy win for the Chiefs. <laughs> Yeah, it's. I mean, they're minus nine uh, favorites coming into it. Uh, anybody see the Giants beating the Eagles? That's Gav's Giants. Sorry, Gav. No chance. <laughs> <laughs> no chance. Uh, I think it'll be close. You know, the Giants. The Giants are uh, could surprise some. Uh, could surprise a few there. Um, the Eagles have had a week off, which you know may may or may not go against them. But yeah, you never yeah, know. Look, if if I had to pick, I. I probably will go for the Eagles. That's I'm cheering for Gab's New York football giants. So I'm going to say the giants are going to do it. Uh, Bengals against the bills. I believe that's Ray Dicko's Cincinnati Bengals. Yeah, that could be a real, 
a real classic game. Um, the Bills the last week yeah, against yeah. Miami. I think the Bengals are going to beat them. Yeah, yeah. Really? I just, I, I just they think can't stay the, the Bengals forever. Yeah, I At just think the way they played against right. Miami last week. Just, I just Susanna half play for them. Oh, that, oh, that's the band. <laughs> uh, yeah, no, it's I, I got to go with the Bills winning just because of the close proximity and the number of Bills fans that are in Hamilton, Ontario, that if anybody uh, ever catches me cheering against the Bills, it'd be pilloried in the middle of the town square. Uh, and the final game, Cowboys against the Niners, for the love of God, the Cowboys can't win, right? Anybody but the Cowboys. I'm a Niners fan, so the Niners <clears throat> actually have to. I'm going for the Niners, obviously. So Yeah. I mean, they got the best defense in football, too, so. Yeah, I think they're in the Cowboys like the really? biggest franchise, yeah. are they? Yeah, One the Cowboys them. are the self-anointed biggest franchise. Yeah. Yeah. To hell with the Cowboys. They're the Man United of the NFL. So anybody that cheers for the Cowboys has got to screw Same owner, similar owner type of setup, too, where he's just caught he's off as an owner. He's he's yeah. crazy. He's a crazy man. Yeah. Other bad shit crazy. Yeah. Uh all right, his hands well, off young ladies. Yeah. Uh, just before just before we get out of here, just do a little bit of housekeeping. Again, the show is sponsored by bookmakers.com. So uh, if you're into the sports gambling, you want to head on over, check it out. But again, another weekend comes up, another time to set your FPL lineup. So if you want to go check out some stats and comparisons for the game weeks coming up ahead, head on over to there. And again, follow Gav on. He's on once a week with the Spurs fan, a United fan, trying to uh, keep it positive from a Liverpool perspective. And, of course, uh, the link to our charity drive you'll find in the show description and on all the social medias for the LFC Day Trippers. Uh, there's now up to 12 women that are going to be running the Dublin Marathon, raising money for breast cancer research, and we are doing our little bit to help them out. So if you guys can donate, throw some money in uh, in there to help them get to their goal. If not, share it along in your social medias. Uh, Gav's got posters you can print out if you want to hang them up around your workplace or staple them to power poles in the neighborhood. Whatever we can do to get them there, I have faith that this community, I mean, we always have every one of these charity drives that Gav set up, they end up hitting their goals in the end, regardless of how big it is. So we're definitely going to get there, but let's make sure it gets done nice and quick. So, Ron, anything before we get out of here? No, no, good chat, good chat. Um, looking forward to looking forward to this weekend and seeing you guys again soon. Yeah, absolutely. And uh, Owen, first time I've seen you in a while. Good yeah, on. Thanks for having me on. Yeah, enjoyed it. Good chat. Yeah. Um, let's just hope that, as in previous uh, some uh, previous times, that a, a loss at twelve thirty on a Saturday doesn't ruin the whole weekend. But it, it usually does. So, well, fuck it. Hopefully not, because I'm on with Kev doing the uh, post match, the full time red. So please, yeah, you need a win. Let us get a win. They've been tough lately. Yeah, yeah, that's that Brighton one. That, anger. that was hard sledding. And uh, Jonathan, you, you're you obviously in good nick. I can't believe you picked us to win, given our form. I love it. Uh, yeah. Um, yeah, I think that it's coming. I, I, I'm hoping, as Owen said, don't ruin the weekend with a half-12 kickoff loss. Uh, I'm hoping the weekend will be bookended by the shortest title challenge in history when Arsenal beat Man United. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that, uh, that came and went pretty quickly. Yeah. Now, uh, just my uh, my final suggestion before we get out of here, the uh, music world lost an absolute titan tonight in uh, David Crosby of Crosby, Stills, Nash & Young, Crosby, Stills, Nash fame. So I think everybody should uh, get onto your music streaming service and 
get a little Crosby, Stills, Nash and Young going in your life. And because uh, that's that's a big one. These these old guys, I'm an old rock guy and they're all going to start dying in quick succession. So I'm hoping that this isn't the uh, first crack in the dam and they're all just going to start dying on us now. But thanks, everybody, for joining us. Please hit the like button on your way out. I haven't been badgering you about it the whole show, but the least you can do is hit the like button. The show's all free and everything like that. So we'll see you guys next Thursday. Adios. Sports Social Podcast Network.